glad to have our visitors this morning and uh, uh, I'll mention Brian and uh, Reams. Did I get that right? Okay. And then, of course, we have the Hunts uh, with us this morning. I'll let uh, Matthew Hunt introduce his family in a little bit and uh, get everybody started this morning with some names. Uh, let me, I just wanted to read a little scripture this morning to go along with our start today. <clears throat> Since uh, Easter was last weekend, I went with uh, Isaiah 53. You might remember some of these verses. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of my people. He was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. I'm cut over verse 12. Therefore, God will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. And let's have an introductory prayer. Father, we thank you this morning for uh, the gift of grace that you've made available for all of us. Uh, we thank you that you were willing to sacrifice your one and only son, that he would uh, make atonement for all, not just those that 
were alive then, but for all that have lived since. Father, we ask that you'll be with us today and in the message that's presented, the circles and the lessons that are taught today. We pray that you'll be in the friendships renewed and awakened today. We pray that you will be uh, with your family and your church all around the world and uh, pray that uh, we will draw closer to you through what's spoken and presented here today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with us this morning as we begin our worship service singing a beautiful song. What a beautiful name.
it is Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is The name of a beautiful way to start our service this morning. Another beautiful, just short little chorus that we sing three times, but it is so full. Think about his love. Think about his love. Pastor-elect Hunt is going to come up and introduce the family for you before they go to Children's Church, some of them. Good morning, and I apologize for the looks on a couple faces here this morning. We um, may have worn them out just a little bit this weekend in the drive down and the time we've spent um, looking at houses and whatnot. And I do have to say before I introduce them, 
I don't know that, you know, jealousy is really something we should have in the church, right? But I'm a little jealous of this group up here this morning. Because from where I was, right down here towards the front, you guys need to hear yourselves sometime on a Sunday morning during worship. And hear yourselves sing. Because it was amazing. And it was inviting. And I tell you what, I can't wait to get through the next couple weeks and get all of us down here so that I can do it every Sunday. Okay. <laughs> okay, why don't you guys step this way a little bit because I'm looking at the floor up here and I'm still not quite used to the video setup for online, but I know there's probably people at home. So I think we're in line now. Um, obviously, I am Matt, um, or Matthew, whatever you want to call me, uh, pastor-elect here. Uh, my wife, Nicole, is right here in the middle with the little one. And then I'm just going to go on ahead and introduce my kids because I don't want to really completely embarrass them. I only get to do that a little bit every now and then. I need to save some for whenever I need it for a sermon, okay? So, um, first one is Peyton here. Peyton is 13 years old and in 8th grade. And I think she's been having quite a fun time. I will tell you what I think her favorite thing is so far this weekend. The food. She has been excited... She has been excited for the food the entire time before we got down here since Nicole and I got back. So, she's a child after my own heart. Um, then we have Quentin here who is 12 and in 6th grade. will be going into 7th next year. Uh, and Quentin has just been having an amazing time this weekend making new friends. And the joy that's been on his face has just been amazing to see. Then we have down on the very end, Annika, who is nine years old and in third grade. And Annika has made some new friends as well. And her and the baby, Miana, that Nicole is holding, well, we call her the baby, but she's four she's years four. old. <laughs> Those two got the fun and joy of doing some swimming yesterday while everybody else was busy doing their things. So everybody else got a little jealous out of it. <laughs> But they have gotten some new friends as well and are more than excited. Um, so it's just been a great weekend for us. Um, just a little bit of an update because I didn't get a chance to send out an email this week with uh, getting everything in line to come down here for the trip and spend the weekend in the area and looking for a house. Um, so if you haven't heard yet, and I can't remember exactly what I sent out in the last one, um, it wouldn't have been in it because it happened this week. It happened this week. Our house has sold. Yeah. So we have... Yes, thank you. We do. We have a contract on our Indiana house and a closing date and everything's in line with that. And the amazing thing is we had talked about the kids making sure they finished out the school year. Uh, I know that was something that was on everybody's heart here and was, it meant a lot to both Nicole and I that you guys were fine with that for the kids and it was your idea first. <laughs> but um, that really did mean a lot and it's really funny because their last day of school is the 18th of May. We signed the closing on our house in Indiana on the 19th. So literally the day after they're out of school, yeah. we close. So yep. So we've got that lined up, and we've had a good weekend looking at quite a few houses, and we have put in an offer on one here in the area, um, and should hear back by this evening. Originally it was supposed to be last night, but they extended everything on time frames on it. So we should hear by this evening, um, which 
way that goes. So I know that we're not the only offer on it, but um, we do have a backup as well that we've already picked out. And um, so if you guys are continuing to see houses, go on ahead and keep sending them to us until we give you a confirmation. Just in case. Yes, just because the housing market right now is crazy. I thought it was crazy in Indiana. It's crazy here. I think it's everywhere right now. Yeah. Um, so everything is just moving so fast and especially when you're looking at four bedrooms for all of these little <laughs> humans that we have to pack in under one roof. Um, it, those ones are just going really fast. So We are more than glad to be here with you guys today. Um, for me, and I don't know so much for Nicole, but for me it's a very proud moment to bring my family and show them the church that has elected me into position and the new family that we get to join here um, in the next month or so. So thank you guys so much for everything you've done and all of your things. There's Mike right behind me. Yes. It's time for the children to go down there. Yes. Since I got a little bit out of order this morning, I will mention that, uh, of course, our giving now is uh, mostly online through uh, cypressstreet.church slash give, if you'd like to do that, or we have a box at the back uh, for anybody that wants to give uh, its service here. Just mention that we are updating our church directory coming up uh, in the next few weeks, and uh, so if you would like to submit a photo, then that's a possibility with uh, Randy Oldham. Or if you'd like to have him arrange to have a picture made uh, around the service times, uh, you can get with Randy. Correct. Um, Wednesday night we'll have uh, Dana Owens back in the fellowship hall uh, doing the, the, uh, the ladies' uh, Bible study meeting. And uh, Brother Carvin Adams will be with us here in the sanctuary. And of course the youth will be upstairs. Uh, like to introduce Brother Ray Owens again. I mean, it's Ray, Brother Ray. And, uh, and he's been such a great uh, a boost for us and uh, just a, an excellent speaker and a good pastor for us in the interim. And uh, he has... Uh, He's prepping us for you, so he's taking good care of, of the, uh, the flock. Um, I will read his introductory scripture, but I'll let him do the rest of them. He's going to be reading from Luke 8, 1 through 3. Not long afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby cities and villages to announce the good news concerning the kingdom of God. He took his twelve disciples with him, along with some women that he had healed and from whom he had cast out evil spirits. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, 
and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. God add the, his blessing to the reading of his word. Uh, as far as prayer this morning, uh, you see the list uh, in your message uh, in the uh, bulletin. Uh, we do want to continue to keep the hunts and their house hunt in, the, in our prayers and uh, be remembering them. Glad about the, uh, the selling of their house in Indiana. And uh, there's still others that have physical needs. And, uh, of course, we're also in prayer for our uh, young people who are going to International Youth Convention this summer. And for those around the country that are going, uh, we keep them in our prayers as well. Um, let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you this morning for uh, your presence here with us, for your spirit uh, that is uh, supporting us and, and giving us the right words to say today. Father, we ask that uh, you will continue to lift us up and draw us close uh, to you and and the work that you have for us to do. We pray that you will be with these that uh, we're aware of uh, that, that are in need of physical healing this morning, uh, that are looking ahead to surgery or, or need uh, some, uh, some repair work done. We pray that you will continue to be with those who are in need of a special touch from your spirit with their uh, spiritual walk or with uh, needs that, uh, that they have uh, just to make it through uh, the next day. And we pray that you will give us all the strength and courage to, uh, to work through this day. Father, we ask that you'll be with those in Ukraine this weekend, the continuing uh, burden that they carry, the uh, the hardships, the, um, the evil that's going on there. And we pray that you will watch over and protect them, not just those in, in your church, but those in the country, uh, especially those brave people who are, are facing up to uh, what's going on. Pray that you will watch over them. Pray that you will watch over folks here and around the world that are being uh, abused and, and neglected and, and need your touch today. Need your feeding for their souls. And all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I got to thinking about it. Uh, I know we every Sunday have a few visitors here today, so just wanted to kind of update you uh, what's going on. Uh, Sop Street Church is a great loving family here, and, uh, and I'm serving as interim pastor. And back in March, Matt and Nicole uh, came, and uh, we had a weekend together, and there was a call issued for them to come here, as you just heard, uh, after their house and so just wanted to let you know that and that's going on. And also to share with you, we've had like three weeks in a row of awesomeness. Uh, so I don't know how I'm going to top that or how you're going to top that today. But uh, 
three weeks ago we had a missions uh, convention and, and had faith promise that was issued and you guys blew the top off of it, 28000 plus dollars. I think we're going to hit twenty nine or so forth. It's over with. And that's, huh? We already have. See, there you go. All right, let's go for 30. I got 29. We got 30. Come on. So per capita, that puts you in the nation probably among the top by far. I, I don't know. It's one thing, Carvin. So give yourself a round of applause. That, that means you're supporting everything from Ukraine to five missionaries and their families. It's really, really awesome. So that's awesome. And then last Sunday we, we had Easter and I believe some people were, were prayed for and healed. We celebrated communion together. We had an outstanding time and we had a good afternoon. Uh, that was wonderful. And today the Hunts get to introduce their uh, beautiful family. Wise family, tasty family, it likes good food. So, <clears throat> so that's, that's all good. If you would, look on the back of the outline, uh, back of the uh, sheet there, and there's an outline. I've been sharing with you a sermon series on Meet the Cast about the passion of the Christ. We had to take a few breaks in there with the missions convention and a couple other activities. But uh, we're going to continue that today. And today we're talking about uh, supporting actors win too, or supporting actors win Oscars too. And really what we're talking about is the women. We've covered several of the characters of the passion of the story. And last week was Joseph of Arimathea. And we talked about how he and Nicodemus, who were in the Sanhedrin Pharisees, had a, finally came out of being secret. And they went and got Jesus' body and, uh, and of course they buried him in the tomb and, and I shared with you to be able to see exactly where Jesus was crucified in person and the tomb and, and all that. The stone's not the same stone but the tomb's the same stone, uh, tomb and just to see all that just makes it so real and how Joseph stood up and got tired of being uh, you know just kind of a secret service believer and he came out you know and uh, you know we talk about coming out some of us in our faith need to come out <laughs> with our faith a little stronger that's the kind of thing that we need so today I'm going to talk about this and I actually had a lot of flexibility on which direction to go and uh, I was kind of wondering did I do the right thing you know talking about the ladies today and and the supporting cast and on the way to church this morning, which I was running late, which is, you know, I was getting up extra early to be here. What's cool is I was going through and I started with 88.7, you know, try to hear some worship music. And then I went to 100.9. I was trying to get the right zone so I could get the Jesus zone, put that Honda on 70, 75, whatever. <laughs> you know, and booking down the interstate because y'all know I got a long way to go. Come. And uh, I was doing that. And I said, no, nah, that ain't happening. So for some reason I hit 89.5 or something, the Bible broadcasted. And Moody Bible Church guy was preaching. I said, well, that's good. The preacher needs to be preached to. I, I love to listen to that. And so he's preaching. Guess what he's preaching on? Women. <laughs> Women in the church. And the whole way. Now, I don't agree with everything that he said, but one thing is true. Ladies, and, and I'll kind of hit it later. Ladies, definitely Ladies. If there wasn't Jesus Christ, no telling what would be for you. Jesus Christ set 
everyone free and culturally really made a revolution for ladies from property to being part of the church and I know there's some scriptures in there where they were struggling with that but isn't it beautiful that Jesus loves everybody, no respect of persons, there is no longer male or female in Christ Jesus, we're all the same. We might call you know, somebody a sister or brother because of gender. There's no race. There is no race in Jesus Christ. We're all brothers and sisters. You know, we're all of us. And even in the church of God, we reach our hands in fellowship to every blood-washed one. Even those who are not the same name on the door. Because here's what we need. The name of Jesus in our heart. That's why we had open communion last Sunday. And so that's what I want to share about. And I'm probably getting out of hand. So, and freaking broke out there a little bit. Okay. How many of you have heard or years ago watched a classic movie, Rudy? Anybody in here? A few of you? Lord help me. If it's... Okay. Well... If you haven't seen Rudy, you need to go look at it. Uh, the movie Rudy is about Daniel Rudiger, who was raised in a Catholic family from up in uh, Illinois. And he uh, was one of 14 kids. Southern, bless his heart, right? <laughs> and, I, and he was the oldest one of 14 kids, I believe. And a Catholic family, and his dream was to go to Notre Dame University. Problem is, he didn't find out till later, he had a learning disability, dyslexia, and it was very, very hard for him. He tried, his grades wasn't that good, and then all of a sudden, you know, he met with a priest, and this guy said, well, look, there's a small college, I think Holy Cross or something, we might can get you in that, kind of like a junior college or something. Well, anyway, I don't know all the details, but he did that, and he worked for two years, and finally he got to go to the University of Notre Dame. And, of course, the movie has him walking in the stadium with his suit on and his bag like the army guys carry, you know, the, you know, walking in a suit to go to college. He was so proud. He worked so hard. And he's only five foot six, like really little guy, real little guy. And he decides he wants to play football for Notre Dame, which at that time uh, was ranked very high and had an amazing coach, Eric Parsegan, at that time. Well, Rudy worked really, really hard to get on the team. And he really wasn't, like I say, barely in college, barely, he was really a nobody. So he made like the second string practice squad. He couldn't even wear their regular uniforms. He wears, you know, other uniforms. He didn't get to go in the regular locker room. Isn't that funny how they have that sort of thing? I mean, he was way, you talk about supporting cast. He was way, way down the line. And then, of course, the last year, his senior year, the coach changes. The Green Bay Packers coach, Devine, came. And all of a sudden, all his dreams are over. All that work, it's just not going to happen. But one thing that Eric Parsegan was always saying to his players who had amazing ability is if you had the heart and played with all the energy and gave everything you gave like Rudy did, you'd be an All-American because God gave you a lot of talent. He doesn't have any talent, but he's playing at 120%. You know what I'm saying? And so he was a supporting cast to the university there. 
That's a good illustration for what I think Jesus and the passion of Christ is talking about is all these people, the places they had in their life. There were Peter and John, you know, and we talked about Peter and how he denied him, but at least he had enough sense to run back to the disciples versus Judas that went and was alone and that didn't go. We talked about all these people, Joseph, Nicodemus, all these different ones. And a lot of times we don't think about the ladies that work so hard in our uh, chairman today, Brother Mike, read that scripture to you that I have on your outline, and I've got a few more that I want to share with you. The second one on your outline uh, is taken from Mark, I believe. Look there. Yeah, Mark 15, 37 through 41. I want to read a couple scriptures and then get into the message today. Jesus is crucified, it's finished, he dies, and then in verse 37, then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he died, he exclaimed, truly, this was the Son of God. I got to stop and tell you, I'm not a movie nut. I hadn't been by most people's standards that many. But I always remember the greatest story ever told. John Wayne had that part. And, and so when I read it, I want to go, truly, he was the son of God. You know, I just want to do that because, because it's funny how in your life that, that has an effect. And, and so some women were there watching from a distance. And it wasn't that they were afraid. They actually were pretty bold. They were allowed to only go a certain place. Including Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. They had been followers of Jesus and had cared for him while he was in Galilee. Then they and many other women had come with him to Jerusalem. And our next scripture in John, chapter 19, 25. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother Mary and his mother's sister Mary, wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, which by the way is John, little young John, he said to her, Woman, he is your son. And he said to this disciple, She is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. And then finally, Mark 16, 1 through 7, which we read about last week, part of it. The next evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene and Salome and Mary, the mother of James, went out and purchased burial spices to put on Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they came to the tomb. And on the way, they were discussing who would roll away the stone to the entrance of the tomb. But when they arrived, they looked up and saw the stone. A very large one had already been rolled aside. So they entered the tomb, and there at the right sat a young man clothed in a white robe. The women were startled, but the angel said, Do not be so surprised. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who is crucified. He isn't here. He has been raised from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and give this message to his disciples, including Peter. Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. Let's pray. Father, take these scriptures and what you've laid on my heart. 
And Father, do the, the miracle you always do when you take the Word of God and you allow the Spirit of God to speak to us. Father, we all have a lot of things going on in our life and we lay them down at your feet and give you permission to speak to us. So God, I pray that you would encourage us, edify us, strengthen us, challenge us, and Lord, draw close to us. And all God's people said, Amen. On your outline there, if you look, you'll see I have a few things real briefly on how I felt that the women did a supportive role. And the first one is giving. They, they definitely were givers. If you notice in Luke 8, it said they contributed. So financially they gave. You know, they were the one that fixed their clothes. You didn't go down to Walmart, TJ Maxx, or anywhere else. I mean, everything had to be repaired, you know. They were repairing. And I think The Chosen has done a real good job of showing all the things that women are doing that traveled uh, with Jesus and the disciples. And Jesus also did not perform miracles to just create money. There's one instance where a tax was due and you asked Peter, if you remember, to go down and fish. The first fish you catch, bring it in, get in the mouth, and you'll have enough to real, it was a small amount, to pay the temple tax. Okay? But other than that, Jesus didn't. He depended on other people. Here's what I want to tell you right now. He still depends on us. We're his disciples, we're his ambassadors, and as I probably love the little children's song, you know, we're, and thinking about a child, we're God, we're God with skin on. You know, the children don't, you know, it's a little different. Sometimes they need God with skin on, and I'll talk about that later. Second was helping. Yes, Jesus called 12 men. And they weren't the 12 I would have called. John Maxwell wouldn't have called them. Anybody who knows about leadership might have picked one or two of them, but I doubt it. Okay? One of them had ADD, very impetuous. As a psychologist, I could diagnose almost all of them. One was a little boy. I mean, real young. John, and he saw visions. And in the end, he still saw visions. You know what I'm saying? It just wasn't the kind of people to change the world. But here's what's cool about that. God picks us. And so when we don't feel very worthy or we are aware of our faults, we need to know that's coming from Satan because God can take our weaknesses and who we are and shows us. And he can do amazing things if he can do it with a Peter, if he can do it with a little John. He can do it with us. If he can do it with a Mary Magdalene. If he can do it with Mary, the wife of Clopas, he can do it with us. Isn't that neat? So they were helping. So there were these 12 men, and they had three years to teach and show them. And guess what? The women were always helping. Who kept the men organized? It wasn't another man, I can tell you that. Come on, ladies, right? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Man, they wouldn't have been fed, they wouldn't have been clothed, they wouldn't have been cleaned up. They probably, you know, think about it. no women and the disciples, this would have been the stinky disciples. I mean, you know, the women were there. I, I tell you what, you know, I have to travel a lot and, and, uh, and if I, I would never go anywhere. I mean, I plan the trips. Dana, you know, would love to go every day. You know? <laughs> but, you know, I might plan the trips, do all that. That's what I do. But I would never get out of the house if it wasn't for her. She helps me pack. Isn't that terrible? 
And that's, I mean, because I'm like, well, what about this or that? I don't know how many days, because I'm bad about, I'm as bad as a woman sometimes. I want to take five suitcases, just, just throw it all in there, and then it'll be there when I need it. You know, I was a Boy Scout. Be prepared. <laughs> I just want to have it all. Thirdly, comforting. Jesus has spent his whole life's ministry caring for others. He's the Son of God. And in Jesus' moments of need, if you look back, the women are there. In this amazing need, who was there at the cross? There were only a couple disciples that we know of. They're scared to death. They might still be in the upper room. But the women were there in his time of need. And I will tell you, there is no great leader that doesn't have somebody that comforts them. That's there for them. Third, fourthly, sharing. Who did the angel, who by the way, I'm so impressed. Most of the time in the Bible, if you get a time, you can ask Rabbi Google this. Okay, When angels show up, most of the time people's the first word out of an angel's mouth is fear not. Because they're on fire, you know, they don't, they're not little cherubs. Just study the Bible. They're on fire. They're very powerful, scary beings in their natural form by our standards. But they can also appear in human form. Thank goodness this angel appeared in human form. I've actually met somebody who met an angel one time in human form. And I don't think I've met anybody that's met one in their true form. You know, uh, but, but notice this angel's there. Who did he trust the message to? And especially the guy that denied Jesus, who probably was the most hurt, had the lowest, I messed up self-esteem. Even though all the others were away, it was Peter. So the angel entrusted the women with the first message. Go tell, and especially Peter. In other words, let Peter know he's loved too. What a neat thing to be sharing the Word of God. And so what does all this say about us today? And that's, I'm glad you asked. I went ahead and filled it out for you. The first one is everybody. Everybody has a role from God in the drama of life. Everybody. All God's children have a place. I have a role, you have a role. I want to stop a minute, it's not on your outline, I just thought of something. Uh, sometimes in life you go through a lot of stuff, and it's bad, and it's crazy, and a failure maybe, and there's good, and there's bad, and there's ugly. There's all kinds of things. God never wants to waste our failure. Let me explain something. It never was his will that we fail. He didn't make us fail. He was rooting on us to maybe not fail. But if we fail and we do, what I'm saying is God wants to use that to turn that around to help him. So if I fall in an area and I'm struggling and then I come into somebody that's going through the same thing, I can minister to them. I can relate to them because of my failure and my hurt. God gives us an opportunity to use even our failures for him. Do you agree with that? He does. And and I was thinking, sometimes you go through all this in life and you think, I'll never be able to help anybody. 
ladies, elderly men, you can't do what you used to do. But let me tell you, do not discount the power of prayer. Being a prayer warrior on your knees. Never discount that. There's a moment in life, sometimes it's early, sometimes it's midlife, and obviously for the hunts, this is coming up soon. For some of us, it might be later, where it's like a play. It's like there's this play, and y'all remember in, in a, a real play, if you've ever been to one, they have a curtain. And when the curtain's drawn and it's your time on stage, all the things you've been through, all the circumstances, it's time you're ready to be on stage and be what God wants you to be. God has chosen every person for their time when their time comes to be in, on stage for him. Now it's every day, but I'm talking there's a time for a season such as this. Do you follow what I'm saying? I think it went over a lot of heads, but that's okay. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now all of you together are Christ's body, and each one of you are a separate and necessary part of that. I want you to read that. Necessary part of that. God's word, not me, tells us that if you're a child of God, a Christian, you have a role, and he wants to use you, and it's a role that no one else can play. There are people that I could talk to about the Lord. I might be comfortable about it. I might know 20 different ways to lead somebody to the Lord. Here's the thing. I have no relationship with them. There's no way. You just work with them every day and they see your life. And you can do things I could never do. And I know how hard it is to witness to your own family. We all have that uncle or maybe a parent or somebody and that's hard to witness to if they're lost. I've got that. And maybe somebody else needs to be the one. But I'm saying if that person doesn't step up on stage when their time comes, there's a failure there. It's like if the, if the supporting actor didn't come out and talk to the superstar actor, they'd be just talking to themselves. And that movie wouldn't go very far. That play wouldn't go very far. Sometimes we feel like we're called to church to be spectators. We, we might come, and I, I think, I hate, the, you know, the negative, there's so many positives for mega churches, there's negatives to mega churches. One of the major negatives, you have a great show going on, all that stuff, but it's so easy to just be a spectator. And I will say this, and I know I'm on the internet, and I know I've preached at big churches and a lot of these kind of things, but I will tell you, unless people get connected in a small group, it's not going to work. And that's an amen, amen. We are not designed to be spectators very long. You were not saved to sit, you were saved to serve, and that's on your outline. You were saved to serve. You don't Satan's the one telling you you're not qualified. Satan's the one that's telling you you can't do it. God's the one saying each and every one of you are a necessary part of it. Serve. Serve. Sometimes, we, as I said, we don't feel too important. I was thinking about that. Because we're all a part of the body. Remember you used the body, the human body, to illustrate the body of Christ? Well, let's pick on a real un important part. A toenail. I'm just a toenail for Jesus. I gotta drink some water after that. Oh man, sometimes I want to laugh, but then I start crying. Okay. 
Well, let me just tell you, you can go take a pair of pliers and pull that toenail off and let's see how the rest of the body's doing. <laughs> so, I'm going to get serious for a minute. I have been interim pastor, you know, unamazingly, un 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 I was pastor of a church forever, okay? But I've served five other churches interim pastor and spoken at many others. And I've filled in for many of the pastors in the region. And there are a lot of churches that I know wouldn't be making it if it wasn't for the women. But also there's a lot of churches that are going around pretty hampered because if your body, the body of Christ, has a toenail ripped off, it's hurting. You know, it's going to be more than this. And that's what I see a lot of churches that the toenail isn't there. And the peaky finger isn't there. And maybe even the piano player isn't there. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know what they are. Fingers or something or chords or the guitar player isn't there. You know, I'm saying they're missing. And yet I find out they're there. They're, you know, they're called, but they're not serving. So trust me, the whole body is important, every part of it. So here's what I want to tell you. I guess our youngest uh, today... I would tell you, look at me young people, you're not too young to serve. There's no age limit on serving. You're not too old to serve. You're not too old to serve. You're not too pretty to serve. And you say, too pretty to serve? I'm going to tell you, if you're drop dead gorgeous, bless your heart. That's a curse. If you're drop dead ugly, bless your heart. That's a curse. But here's the thing. You're not too pretty. You're not too ugly. You know, you're not too smart. You're not too dumb. Let me tell you, just like being too smart, I got guys at the university I taught with for years. Bless their heart. They, they struggle with all their intellect and trying to explain everything and all that. And, and they couldn't let go and have faith. And they struggle with it. That's a problem. Honestly, the other extreme's a problem. But here's the funny thing. When one of them's wife was gone and they took a trip and found them in a hotel room with somebody and they walked back out in their car, guess who they called? The person of faith. When they got a diagnosis of something, the big cancer, guess who they called? A person of faith. Do you follow what I'm saying? And I'm just telling you, you're never to anything. God wants to use you. God wants to use me. Speaking of uh, being too old to serve, I'm proud of our seniors, and this church is just phenomenal. A few years ago, there were some exercise classes going on, I've got to tell you this. And an elderly person felt like they were out of shape, so they got their doctor's permission to get in shape and join a club and start exercising. I gotta read this. Quote, I decided to take an aerobics class for seniors. I bent, twisted, gyrated, jumped up and down and perspired for over an hour. But by the time I got my leotards on, the class was over. <laughs> resemble that <laughs> y'all know my hobby in life now is, is land management and woods and stuff and so in Louisiana in fact 
I, you know, had a big old snake yesterday. So I have to wear boots and lacrosse rubber boots like most guys are ankle fit. And I used to just bend over and pull those things and do this and pull down. Now I have to sit down and get them and pull on them. And then when they're on, it's like, they're done. I mean, they're not coming off. You know, it's funny how that works. Yes. You know, if you see... uh, most, uh, let's see, I need to see God with skin on. That is so important, you know, and, and it's so real. So the second one, let's move on due to time. Most roles are supportive roles, so God needs faithfulness, not flashiness. Most roles are supporting roles, so God needs faithfulness, not flashiness. Many times when we talk about making important contributions to the kingdom of God, we think about leaders, speakers, you know, singers. In fact, we even have what we call celebrity pastors, celebrity singers, and all that stuff. But most roles by far are not high-profile roles. God needs people to serve where they are. We all know that. Look at the outline there. On your outline, there's a a scripture that I want to read from, uh, from Mark. Jesus went over to the collection box in the temple and sat and watched the crowds drop in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two pennies. He called his disciples to him and said, let me teach you something. I assure you, this poor widow has given more than all the others have given. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she poor, as she is, has given everything she had. So God's not impressed by flashiness or how much or how big. It's about impressed with faithfulness. And whatever you have, whatever God calls you to do, being faithful with that. About dedication, about giving 100% like I was talking about with Rudy earlier. God's impressed by parents who come to youth things. For those of us that show up at all these youth activities, I'm sure car washes, which no offense youth, but usually the parents are the ones that did the car washing, you know, about rummage sales, you know, Easter egg hunts and all the ones that were working with the 14 or whatever kids last week, you know, God's impressed by children's church workers, Sunday school teachers, nursery workers who are back there now, names that I could say in here and I'd get in trouble because I'd leave somebody out or we'd be here a while saying a bunch of names. He's impressed by faithful attendance, always here, faithful at being at your post, you know, whether it's chairing, greeting, whatever it is, being faithful, being faithful at what God, you know, has you to do. And I think he's most impressed by this. God's impressed by your love for one another. God is love and I believe God just need. we need people just to love. And it just pours out. And again, you cannot, it's not how pretty you are. It's not how talented you are. It's letting God, you accept him as your personal savior. You receive this gift, cleansing, forgiveness, and the love of God comes on you. And as the Holy Spirit fills you, you're able to love. And in some cases, even love the unlovely. I was saying again about God with skin on it. There's 11-year-old Summer Walters in Madisonville, Kentucky. I don't know if that's near Indiana there where you guys live. And y'all have seen this probably before, but I want to read it to you. I saw Jesus last week. He was wearing blue jeans and an old shirt. 
He was at the church working hard. And just for a minute, it looked like one of the members. But it was Jesus, I could tell by a smile. I saw Jesus two weeks ago. He was teaching a Bible class. He didn't talk too loud or use long words. But you could tell that he believed what he said. And just for a minute, it looked like my Bible teacher. But it was Jesus, I could tell by his voice. I saw Jesus yesterday. He was at the hospital visiting a friend who was sick. They prayed together quietly. And you know, just for a minute, it looked like Brother John, but it was Jesus. I could tell by the tears in his eyes. I saw Jesus this morning. He was in my kitchen making me breakfast and fixing me a special lunch. And just for a minute, it looked like Mom, but it was Jesus. I could tell by the love in her heart. I see Jesus everywhere, taking food to the sick, welcoming others to his home, being friendly to a newcomer, and for just a minute, I think it's somebody I know, but it's always Jesus. I can tell by the way they serve. 11-year-old. Wow. Summer Walters. Number three, the size, you can, you can tell by the size of the role you play doesn't determine the size of its significance. The size of the role that you play does not determine the size of its significance. Again, I'm just a greeter, I'm just a youth, I'm just a parent, I'm just a volunteer, I'm just a friendly person and all that. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of times I need a friendly person. There's a lot of times I need a smile. I'll give you a real test. You can do this. The war zone is probably the long line at Walmart where they have three checkers and 650 people in line. And just don't pray for patience. But as you go through there, when you get there, I have done it a bunch of times. You go through and you get there to the checkout. How are you doing? It's pretty busy. Today. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. And I'll go, how much longer before you break? And you know, some just talk to them and just smile while you talk to them. They will literally not care about anybody else in line and love on you. And you will boost them. And when you leave, they'll just give you that look and that smile. Now some are hard to crack. <laughs> but my point is everybody loves a smile and somebody to love on them. Here's what I want to, y'all have heard this saying, little is much when God's in it. It's true. The text on your, in your outline there in John is about a young boy who had five barley loaves and two fish. We've talked about, we all know that. Surely everybody knows that story. And many of us are like the young boy. We don't we don't think we've got anything. When the pastor comes, like the disciples came and said, well, we need to collect your food. You know, Jesus said to go get the food. You know, well, all I got is this. This is my lunch. You know, and maybe my lunch, my supper, probably with the bread and everything. And, uh, you know, that's all you have. When a pastor comes and says, well, I'm not that good. I let so-and-so do it. You know, or so-and-so's better. And they might humanly be better. But you just give what you have. And when God gets it, little is much. Notice how he multiplied it to feed 5,000 and there was more left over than there ever was to start with. That's how God works. And here's, remember last week's sermon was, God wants you to be a part of a miracle. The Secret Service Christian Joseph came out, I mean, you know, he came out, took the body, and there he is. He gets to be a part of the greatest miracle, the resurrection. He's a little part of that. That's what's cool. When we give what we have, God uses us to do amazing things. 
Y'all remember Rudy? I, I left him kind of not good, too good because he got a new coach in and it's his senior year and he still has never dressed out with a regular team. Well, the movie, by the way, if you watch it and, and you later research it, it's about probably 85% accurate. There's some things in there that aren't accurate. But bottom line, the true part of it is, is that Rudy gave so much and some of his team players that were getting chewed out by Coach Parsegan because of how much he'd hit them extra hard, you know, even in practice and he just played with so much that he was always comparing them to Rudy. If you were just half of what Rudy. Well, the new coach came in and it wasn't that way. But Rudy kept giving it his all and frankly, Rudy kind of got dissed a little bit. A change took place in the whole team and they began to respect Rudy. There's a scene in the movie where they come into the coach and lay their uniforms down and say it's the last home game. It's not actually the last game. It was the last home game of the senior season for the seniors. Said we want Rudy to play. Well, it was a team that was really good. You know it always is. It can't be a dud where you can just do it. It was really tough. That's not exactly what happened, but the point was there come an opportunity where he made it to the team and he actually got to go in the locker room, wear the real, you know, dark blue uniform and run out of the uh, tunnel and he gets to play uh, finally at the end uh, three plays, three plays. There was a kickoff and he got to play that. There was another uh, pass, and finally, the last play of the game, he is on defense. He actually sacked the quarterback. So if you look up Daniel Rudiger statistics, he has one sack in three plays in his whole career. But guess what? He is the only person, first person, to ever be lifted up and carried out of the stadium with everybody standing up, Rudy, 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 Rudy. And it gave him even in a career as a motivational speaker. And so all those years of toughness and all that stuff, there came a point. Here's what I want to tell you. All of us are the same way. We just give, we give, we do our role. We love on people in the war zone at Walmart. We do whatever we're going to do. There will come a day where we'll be lifted up too with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, there's coming a day. And actually, as the body of Christ, our job is to lift one another up and encourage one another, right? What a joy, what a joy. On the bottom of your outline, it said, humble, faithful, supporting cast will win the crown of life. The crown of life. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. Matthew 25, 21, right above that says, The master was full of praise. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling the small amounts. I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. You know, humble faithful supporting cast, win the crown of life. God blesses the people who patiently endure testing. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has told them. I didn't make that up, praise team. Your role is so important in the kingdom of God. 
So right now, this morning, should by chance there be somebody that doesn't know Jesus as their personal Savior? Here's what I want to tell you. Satan's nickname is Accuser. And he's constantly, whether you're in the kingdom or not, but particularly telling you all the stuff, the reasons that you're not good enough. Let me tell you, Jesus died for me when I was full of sin. While I was ungodly, he loved me enough to die for me and he did the same thing for you. He's no respecter of persons. And when I said, Lord, and you know, if you don't feel it, just pray, God, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And it's not condemnation, it's a love that comes upon you that draws you to him. And man, when that love comes and you lay it out, it's like getting rid of all the poison. It's gone and there's a peace and a power that comes with confessing our sin and accepting him as personal savior. Amen? What a neat answer. And for those of us that have served, and maybe we've served so long, or they're like me trying to retire, and we don't know how to figure it out yet. We need help. You know, I've got literally people praying for me. How can I retire? You know, and, and we have all of this going on in our life. Whatever we face, we just want to be faithful to God. So every day we get up and we say, Lord, help me today. I have these plans. If you're a list person, you'll have your list. If you've never seen a list, you're, you know, you're, you're going through life like whatever. That's okay. But you just say, God, do my whatever for you. But everything you do, if you do for the Lord, he'll orchestrate it. He'll be like the great conductor, the great director of the play, and he'll put you right where you need to be. He will do it. Just follow him and what the burden is that you have on your heart. So we're going to sing a song about us committing to do that. That we're committed. So would you stand with me? And maybe as you sing, I pray that God's spirit has spoken to you and there's something you want to commit to him that you will do that. That's between you and God. He loves you this morning. Thank you, Pat. Serve the 
Participating with us today and soaking up what Brother Ray had to share with us, the Spirit had to share with you. Um, remember that we have circles after the service. Um, if you'd like to sit in on one of the classes, get with uh, somebody here, and uh, we'll uh, we'll lead you to the class that you're most comfortable with. Your role is so important in the kingdom. I'm going to talk about him because he's not here. But I, it made me think of Trey Oldham, who gave up his weekend to help and stay with the hunts and, and do what he could to, uh, to help with the house. We're, our church is full of people that do what they do and maybe nobody knows what's going on. I like that part of the, the last uh, verse of the song. We, we all talk about giving money and we all talk about people that are talented uh, like praise team and the accompanists and the teachers and we have workers in all of the slots, but we're missing a few toes and fingernails and earlobes and gray hair. We're, we're, we need some more fill-in. The and all is what I like about that song. There's so much more that can be done and that, uh, and that God's people can give. So I... Uh, I'm glad that he needs the all that we have, whatever it is. Be faithful. And I put down 100%, but I think I'm going to go with Brother Ray's 120%. Be faithful as much as you can to give everything you can. And, uh, and God will... Uh, see you at the end of the day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this day for uh, being with us and for speaking to our hearts. We thank you for being uh, with the, the hunts as they uh, sell their home and as they prepare to uh, embark on a new journey uh, in, uh, in the lower south. And we pray that you will uh, lead and guide and direct their paths uh, each and every day uh, for the job that you have for them and for each of us. Help us to be faithful with the and all that we should be doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.